everybody. Welcome back to the Optimization Academy. I'm pleased and grateful and happy to welcome back Dr. Weston Childs. If you want more information in the background of Dr. Childs, go back to part one. But I will say that he has an amazing website, Restart Med, restartmed.com if you want to get technical. And it is a treasure trove of information on thyroid, thyroid health, hormone health, weight loss, metabolism, any subject that you want to know in that realm, it's on there in great detail. And it is a pleasure to welcome him back. So welcome back, Dr. Childs. How are you today? I'm doing awesome. It was, uh, it was great. Uh, that first discussion is really good. If you have any sort of thyroid disease, highly recommend you check it out. Not just toot my own horn, horn here, but I think it's good. But yeah, excellent and uh, happy to be here. Great. So in the first episode, we talked about signs and symptoms, how to recognize yourself if you're not feeling well, that it may be your thyroid, what lab tests you should look at, and also what are some of the root causes that lead to having a sluggish or sluggish thyroid or hypothyroidism, and that includes autoimmune condition, Hashimoto's, all of that. We discussed that. Now that we have those pieces of the puzzle, let's talk about how do we get better. And I want to start this discussion because I feel a lot of patients come in with these conditions and I, okay, what what does what your doctor have you do? What do they prescribe you? And they say, well, he put me on Synthroid or level, level thyroxine and okay. And, and they're like, what do you mean? And there's no, and here's my medication. Right. And okay, great. That's not treating the root cause. It's not helping you get all the way better. So let's talk about creating the thyroid master plan. So it, in your experience, you know, when it's, when it comes to, I'm sorry. <clears throat> so let's talk about creating that master plan. What are some of the components of that master plan of getting someone feeling better and getting back to health and their thyroid glands? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And I think there's a couple ways to think about this. So number one, you have to think about, um, as you mentioned previously, is there a root cause, right? Is there something that caused my thyroid to be dysfunctional in the beginning? So that's number one. Number two, um, how effective can I be at treating and or reversing that root cause? And there are some things which are reversible and some things which are not reversible. Uh, for instance, if you had thyroid cancer and you had your thyroid removed, your thyroid's out. Um, you know, that's not necessarily a reversible condition, but there are things that can be reversible. So you have to think about, um, is there a uh, potentially reversible cause? And is that, um, or, or what was I saying before? Let, let me go back to that for a second. I lost my train of thought. Uh, okay, so, so you have to think about, um, you know, what is the cause and whether or not that cause is reversible because some things are reversible and some things are not. So that's really how I would structure the way to think about, um, you know, how you pursue and how you look at your treatment plan. Now, what are the areas that you want to look at? Now, that is highly individualized. And so, um, as I mentioned previously in the first uh, session or first section that we talked about, each person is going to be a little bit different, right? There's no cookie cutter way to approach thyroid management. Um, each person is going to have a different cause and each of those causes are going to be different. Um, and so that, that requires some evaluation. Uh, you need to go to a doctor like Dr. Jones or, um, you know, somebody else who can look at you in this way and take a, a full, full body approach to it. But I would say there are certain elements which are always important to look at. And so number one, and I'll just kind of go through these. And if you have any that you want to add, Dr. Jones, um, you know, chime in and we'll, we'll talk about these. But I'd say number one would be you need to look at thyroid function. How well is the thyroid function? Are you able to produce thyroid hormone? And that will inform you um, as to whether or not you need to be taking thyroid medication. Because believe it or not, there are many people out there listening to this as well who have thyroid dysfunction who may not necessarily have to be taking thyroid medication. There's some, there may be some element in which you can reverse that, um, or maybe you were uh, prematurely put on thyroid medication for the wrong uh, 
type or the wrong, uh, wrong reason or whatever it is. So you may not necessarily have to be taking it. So that's, that would be number one. Is your thyroid gland producing thyroid hormone? And do you need to be on thyroid medication? You know, yes or no. Then you need to start looking at how is the thyroid impacting other organ systems in the body? Because this is, you know, I mentioned in the first uh, section here as well, that the thyroid hormone itself impacts just about every cell and just about every system in the body. And so you're going to have downstream effects from that thyroid dysfunction in just about every area of your body, right? You're going to have problems with estrogen and progesterone to some degree. You're going to have problems with testosterone. You're going to have problems with your weight. You're going to have problems with your brain and, and, uh, uh, whether or not you have depression or brain fog, you're going to have problems with your gut because it's going to slow down your gut. You're going to have problems with a number of different areas. So you have to look at these things and determine, did I have a problem there first, which caused my thyroid problem? Or do I have a problem which was uh, related to that area secondary to the thyroid dysfunction that existed? So I would say, look at those other systems, check out your thyroid gland and whether or not it's producing thyroid hormone, check out those systems. Um, and then I would say another huge one would be gut dysfunction. You have to be looking at your gut. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of disease or thyroid disease starts in the gut, uh, actually really just any disease starts in the gut, to be honest, but especially thyroid dysfunction through, um, uh, increased intestinal permeability, which, you know, we kind of refer to as leaky gut, but you get this thing called molecular mimicry. Um, if certain things get in, in through the gut, which can trigger Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So that can be a, a big root cause. But don't forget as well that thyroid dysfunction can cause slow gut and gut problems. So it's kind of a chicken and egg thing there. Um, I, I don't think we talked about this yet, but we want to, you also want to look at cortisol and adrenal function. There's a connection between your adrenals and your thyroid gland. You need to be looking at, of course, lifestyle, um, uh, just your lifestyle in general. How, what kind of type of foods are you eating? Your diet impacts regulate or helps to regulate inflammatory levels and how well you know you're absorbing nutrients into your body you need to be looking at how many how much you're sleeping right are you getting eight to you know or are you getting eight hours of sleep per night or are you getting four to five hours of sleep per night one of those is good and one of those is bad and i don't think i need to tell you which one it is right you need to be looking at are you exercising um another really important one is fasting like you know how, is there a period of time in which you're eating food and, and is there a period in time in which you're not eating food so when you really start to break this down and look at it a a treatment or paradigm or a treatment regimen for somebody who has thyroid dysfunction should be multifactorial. It should take into account gut function, thyroid function, um, you know, immune system, nutrient deficiencies. You should be looking for those things. Autoimmune dysfunction, like is your thyroid dysfunction caused by an autoimmune disease? And all of these things that we just mentioned previously. So I know that's kind of a laundry list of things and we could dive into these in more detail, but that's really how I would say, if you want to feel better, if you want to get, you know, um, really reverse your condition, that's where I would start. Yeah. And, you know, and it should be a laundry list. I mean, because again, and that laundry list is going to be different for every person, you know, because we may have people listening that are like, wait a minute, I work out all the time. I get, I get great sleep that part. Okay. You're good. Yeah. You know, let's look at the other things. Look at gut and gut health. Oh, I'm sorry. And gut health is so important to this discussion. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, you think about leaky gut, you think about how it affects our mood and just, you know, how many autoimmune conditions have a, you know, gut dysfunction portion of it and just understanding that piece. So never, you know, forget that. Now, something we didn't mention in the first part and uh, how diet is, is because, you know, if, with our patients that have, I'm sorry, <clears throat> with our patients that have Hashimoto's, we know we say, hey, gluten is out for you. You need to be on a gluten-free diet. And there's, eh, okay, okay. It's like, because again, you mentioned molecular mimicry, that gluten, your body thinks it's, uh, think it's T, you know, those antibodies thinks it's TPO. You know, and so potentially making that condition worse, not to mention the inflammatory piece of it. And dairy is another big piece as well, yeah. just making sure we're avoiding all the inflammatory foods. So I think that diet is a big part of it, along with gut health. Um, then the adrenal glands, again, I, I definitely want to have you back on here. I want to save adrenals for the next yeah. time because oh, adrenals, yeah, we'll that's that. such a yeah. big thing because we were talking earlier how it's like a lot of times in med school, especially traditional medical school, we think about the adrenal glands and like, oh, it's mm. going to make these hormones, but it's almost forgotten about. It's not yeah. just theoretical, like, no, this is affecting your cortisol and your Absolutely. androgens and affecting your 
excuse me, and your cortisol levels and all that. So mm -hmm. we just want to make sure we're able to address that. So part of that plan, okay, now we're looking at the, you know, the foundation setting. And that's something mm -hmm. I talk about with my patients about setting your foundations for health. You mentioned a lot of them, sleep, diet, exercise, stress management, all that. Now that we have our foundations, let's talk about how to actually treat the thyroid. And so in this portion, we're going to talk about the different thyroid medications, the differences between those, mm -hmm. and then, you know, what your thoughts on. And then again, and I know we're going to talk about this again, that what's good for the goose is not good for the gander. Some people may mm -hmm. do very well on that, on nature thyroid or sorry, uh, natural desiccated thyroid. Some people not so much. We're going to talk about that. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Dr. Charles. Yeah, no, and I, you know, as you mentioned, we could, we could really go into detail on a lot of these things. I do want to circle back just real quick um, in terms of treatment, because you mentioned and you talked about diet. And I think that we can't have a discussion on um, managing the thyroid without at least going into a little bit of detail on the diet. And the reason is simple, the di diet, what you put in your body, what you put in your mouth is completely under your control. So if you're listening to this and you're trying to, you're thinking to yourself, what can I do? You know, you may feel powerless because your doctor is the one ultimately who has the prescription pad. And if you think, or you believe that the only way for you to feel better is through the use of prescription medications, you're gonna miss out on the fact that you can impact your disease course and how you feel through your diet. Now, Dr. Jones mentioned some really important things. So I would say top three, if, you have a, if you're walking away from this podcast and you wanna know, you know, what should I do? Get rid of dairy, gluten, and soy. If you have a thyroid problem, start there, okay? Yes, you may need to do other things. There's plenty of other diets. We have AIP, we have the elimination diet, we have Whole30, um, we have even ketogenic diet can be beneficial for some of these patients so, uh, who have thyroid conditions. But if you don't know where to start, at least start with dairy-free, gluten-free, soy free. And I, it's crazy how, um, you know, it may sound, you know, it may just sound silly to you, but I have seen so many patients. There's even a number of patients who get completely, uh, almost better, you know, just with that dietary change. Right. So I want, I want you guys to take that away. Now, as we're talking about treatment though, I still think that there is important and I'm going to, you know, now we're going to get to the topic that Dr. Jones mentioned here, and that is thyroid medication. Okay. And so there are going to be people who require thyroid medication because their thyroid gland is not producing enough thyroid hormone. That is the reason to give somebody who has low thyroid function, um, thyroid medication, right? Because what is happening is your thyroid produces a certain amount of thyroid hormone every single day. Now imagine you have some damage or dysfunction to that gland because it's inflamed and damaged and has some suffers from some destruction due to Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is the autoimmune disease. So imagine now instead of producing hundred percent thyroid um, hormone, it's producing 80%. Now we have a deficit of about 20%. Now I will tell you from experience, and I'm sure Dr. Jones will agree here. You will feel that. Okay. If you are 20%, if you have a 20% reduction in thyroid function, you will feel that symptomatically. And that is the case for using thyroid medication to, you know, adjust for that 20% deficit to give your body back what it needs. Now, there's a little bit of a game you have to play when you take thyroid medication, and that is you are suppressing your body's natural ability to produce thyroid hormone as you take thyroid medication through the feedback loops, which feed back to your pituitary gland and into your brain and to your thyroid gland. So it is a little bit of a give and take, and we can talk about that. And this sort of informs us how you get off thyroid medication later on, and if you can get off thyroid medication and so on. But I at least want to mention these things because you should be aware of these things if you're a thyroid patient considering taking thyroid medication. Um, that's why I always talk to patients. I say, hey, how do you want to treat this? Do you want to do a natural approach or do you want to just go straight into medication? The natural approach is better in the sense that, you know, you can do, you know, as Dr. Jones mentioned, lifestyle interventions, diet, diet, um, exercise, stress reduction, sleep, et cetera. You can do that. And a lot of people will see improvement. Um, it's not clear in every single case how much improvement you'll see. But if you prefer a little bit of a quicker approach, you can use um, thyroid medication. And this is good for people that really want to see results quickly, right? If you want to see, you want to boost that thyroid up almost immediately, I could, you know, give you can get a prescription for thyroid medication and that will do that, that job. Now, when it comes to thyroid medication, there are a ton of different types of thyroid medication, but you wouldn't know that if you were a thyroid patient, because your doctor is probably only prescribing one thyroid medication. And that is a T4 only thyroid medication called level thyroxine or Synthroid. 
And so we alluded to this a little bit uh, earlier, um, and it's something I at least want to bring up here. And that is the big problem with these medications, level thyroxine and Synthroid, is that they are not active as you take them, as you swallow them, and as they get into your body. In order for your body to use these medications, which by the way are you know 90 plus percent of all medications for the thyroid consist of these medications, your body must activate them through something called thyroid conversion. And so a lot of people, they don't do this thyroid conversion process well. So even though you're taking thyroid medication, your numbers look good, you know, quote unquote good, you're still not actually feeling good because your body's not activating it. Um, so you, you need to understand that aspect of, of thyroid medication. Your doctor's probably only going to be giving you one type and it's not really even the best type of thyroid medication. Now, uh, Dr. Judge, did you want me to sort of get into the different types of, of synthetic versus natural desiccated versus compounded and things like that? Is that what we kind of had in mind here? Yeah, let's, let's keep it high level though because again we can okay. get way into the weeds on that so just so okay. we know the difference so they know yeah. okay this is what i'm taking and all that stuff yeah yeah so so let's let's say this then um when it comes to thyroid prescription medications you should at least kind of have uh, two classifications or two categories we have the t4 only thyroid medications in level thyroxine and synthroid and then you have another branch of medications um, which most doctors aren't aware of and these are what a lot of people refer to as natural uh, versions of thyroid medications so this would include things like wp thyroid np thyroid nature thyroid um, and you can actually compound uh, desiccated versions of thyroid medication as well from compounding pharmacies. And these medications tend to work a lot better than the other ones because they contain a combination of T4 and T3. So they contain that active thyroid hormone medication. Now, I should say this though as well, um, there are people are having a lot of issues in getting some of these prescription medications, the more natural types, because of recalls and other issues with the manufacturing process and so on. But that's really how I would think about treating, thyroid, um, treating your thyroid with the use of thyroid medication. So that we're so that we're so that we're educated and our patients are educated. What are the optimal numbers for thyroid levels that you're looking for? Yeah, that that's a great question, and it's something that um, you're right. We kind of t briefly touched on in our previous episode, but something that um, we should go into a little more detail here. Um, so I kind of want to talk about two different things here, just so that you kind of understand it. And if you're a patient listening to this, you kind of get it. But um, on one hand, you have these uh, values. So you have your lab values. You go in, you take your, you know, your, your, the phlebotomist takes some blood out and they spin it up and they look at it and they determine how much, you know, free thyroid hormone is there, how much T4 is there, how much T3 is there and so on. And you can look at these values and you can determine how am I going to do some treatment. Okay. That's one aspect. Okay. On one hand, on the other hand, you have how you are feeling clinically. Okay. So there is a mismatch sometimes between what your labs show and how you, how you are feeling clinically. So you may, there are plenty of people, I've seen this before, I'm sure Dr. Jones has as well. Many people who have labs that look abnormal, but they actually feel good. And then we have other people who have actually look normal, but actually feel very poorly. Okay. So you have to sort of figure out where you're, where you fit into there. Now, um, another thing that I mentioned previously is when you, if you were to line up a hundred different people and you were to look at these people, you would see variations in skin color, eye color, you know, height, weight, you know, where their body distributes fat and so on. You'd see variations in, in these people at all different levels. And that same sort of distribution and variation exists in patients with thyroid function and in how their levels manifest to them. Okay. So what you need um, is, is a, what you need really depends on you as an individual. Now, having said that, there are some general and rough guidelines that you can use to make sure that you are feeling better, right? So if your doctor, you go to your doctor and you say, hey, you know, uh, your doctor, you're saying, hey, I feel really bad. I'm gaining weight. I have a lot of fatigue. And your doctor says, well, let's check your thyroid. They check it and they say it's normal. And you're like, well, I definitely don't feel normal. Here's what you can do. You can look at your lab 
uh, lab values a little more closely. And we can, we're talking to here about the difference between normal lab tests and optimal thyroid lab tests. So if we want to focus on the optimal thyroid lab tests, which, which aren't perfect, by the way, but they're a good way of looking at it. Um, I would say for the TSH, you want any value that is less than 2 to 2.5, okay? And greater than about 0.2. So if we're looking at that, it's what? Greater than 0.2, but less than 2 to 2.5. There are new studies which show that that's a little bit of a better optimal range. And I tend to think that people feel a lot better if they are naturally not on thyroid medication less than this range, okay? Now, unfortunately, your doctor's not going to say anything is abnormal on the TSH until it's greater than 5. And in some cases, greater than 10, which is, blows my mind. We're talking, you know, two, two to four times the range that most people feel good on. Your doctor's not even willing to touch you if you're in that range. Okay, so that's a TSH. Then we have free T3 and free T4. When you look at these ranges, you'll see values. So if you have your blood test in front of you, you're looking at them. You'll see a range of something like, you know, it's different for every lab test because that's how they create them. So I can't give you a specific range, but I can break it down into percentages. So let's just say your range goes from one um, to five. So if you break that down, it's about um, a four, uh, the delta between one and one and five is four. So if you were to take that and split into half and look in the top 50th percent percentile range of those lab tests, that's where you'd want to fall. Okay. Most people feel a lot better when their free thyroid hormone levels are as high as they can be without really going over that upper limit um, of the edge of that lab test. So again, it's going to be variable depending on which lab you use, LabCorp, Sonora, and the people around that you're being tested with and so on. That's how they gather, the, gather that data. Um, but if you're in the top 50th percentile of that range, most people feel better there. Again, it's not 100%, you know, it's not a foolproof method, but it works well for many people. And then when it comes to the thyroid antibodies, we talked about those tests previously. You really do not want those to be elevated in any way, shape, or form, right? That's just right. an indication the immune system is dysfunctional. Um, you don't want those to be elevated at all. So that's kind of how I would yeah. think about those optimal lab tests. Yeah. And two things I do want to touch on is that you're absolutely correct. You know, people, we're not numbers. It's not, if you only look at the numbers, yeah. like, oh man, you're great. You don't need to be here. But if you still don't feel well, just know that don't just accept that my numbers are good and I'm okay. So we need to look a little deeper as physicians, as doctors and say, hey, what is really going on? And then the other thing to think about is that I like that piece about the uh, antibodies being elevated. You should not have any antibodies against your body, like, against no, anything. Definitely that not. should not yeah. be there. It should be zero. It should be none. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to take even those small numbers, even if they're less than the value, and say, hey, something's mm -hmm. going on. You may not have enough antibodies to classify you as true Hashimoto's, but you shouldn't have any of them. So let's figure this out before it gets worse. Yeah. Let, so let me just say this too. When we talk about this stuff, like Dr. Jones was mentioning, um, everything exists on a spectrum, right? And before you develop full-blown Hashimoto's, which is the autoimmune disease, you're going to have a little bit of Hashimoto's, right? And then that's going to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. Wouldn't it be good to catch that early, right? To catch that before it happens. And that's what Dr. Jones is talking about here. He's saying, hey, look, even if there's a, there's a range, right? For, for antibodies, it's usually something like less than 20 or less than 30. But what if, you're, what if you're 19 or you know, 20 or 21 or whatever? What if you're just right on that cusp? Well, that could be an indication that the body's ramping up, but it hasn't quite gotten there yet. Right. And that would be, if you can catch that early, that's way better to catch it now before it gets to 2000. Right. That's exactly. essentially what Dr. Jones is saying. And yeah, if you can do that, that is the best thing, right? It, what, what is the saying? It's a, an ounce of prevention is better than a, a pound of, wait, what is it? Uh, anyway, I don't know. Greater than a pound of treatment? Wait, no, yeah, no, no, I don't no. know. I don't know. It doesn't matter, right? I bet just make, that, just make that, that, yeah, well, yeah, that, that's why, yeah. But you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, though. I just No, no, no. That, that is, that's, that's fine. That's fine. So this kind of actually leads us to the next part, next part here. Because this is how I actually found Dr. Childs, because I had a patient and, you know, we started on thyroid meds and we, you know, she wasn't Hashimoto, she wasn't autoimmune, just had some other things going on. She was feeling, you know, I was like, look, we want to do this, do this temporarily just to kind of get your thyroid, give it a little kickstart, get everything taken care of. And then we're going to come off of this, right? So mm -hmm. the thing about medicine is that, you know, again, in schools and they're great at teaching us the science, the theory, how to diagnose, 
how to prescribe or whether that be natural approaches with supplements and, and other treatments or medication. But one thing they do not do is teach you how to get off of that. You know, so it's like, we can start a war, hard to get out of it, right? And so this is what I got. So I'm like, okay, I need to find this. I don't, I don't see it in my notes anywhere. So I literally Googled how to take a patient off thyroid meds. And the first website that popped up was Dr. Child's website. And so I was like, oh, look at this. This is great. Then I just started like reading everything, right? So let's talk about optimizing thyroid recovery. So yeah. this means this can be, you know, we're going to, it's going to be a range, going to be a spectrum, like all the things we're going to talk about, like, hey, how do we help? You know, what are the things or what should we look for if it's time to stop taking a thyroid medication, if that's an option for you? We're going to talk about hair loss recovery. We're going to talk a little bit about, little bit about metabolism. It's going to be very high level because each one of these things it could be its own podcast. So yeah. let's talk about that. Okay. Let me, yeah, I'll try and stay high level here because as you mentioned, you could go into detail. So let, let me say this. Um, I think when you're talking about thyroid medication, we have to go back to what I mentioned previously. And that is you really only want to be using thyroid medication if you are supplementing for what your body cannot produce on its own, right? You're basically giving back what your body can't produce or what it would be producing in a healthy state. But as I mentioned previously, when you do this, there will be a suppression in your body's own ability to produce thyroid hormone, right? You're basically, and that is greater than what the, the, what you're replacing to begin with. So imagine if you give somebody, let's say um, somebody has a 20% reduction in thyroid dis or function, as, as I mentioned previously in my analogy previous, um, imagine you're giving them, you have to give them more than that 20%, right? Because you have to kind of make up for it because there's going to be some suppression of the brain thyroid connection that occurs there. And so I don't want to get in too much detail about that, but just know that this occurs. Okay. So you're over suppressing the thyroid gland a little bit during this process to give back the body what it needs. But as Dr. Jones was mentioning, the whole goal here is to repair and reverse whatever caused that low thyroid dysfunction to begin with. So let's imagine this, this hypothetical scenario, which happens to be true for a lot of you. Imagine it's gut related. Imagine you have leaky gut or increased intestinal permeability. You have something called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or some fungal overgrowth. You treat that problem. Okay. You solve that issue. You've replaced some nutrient deficiencies such as iodine and zinc and so on, vitamin D3. You've cooled down the immune system. The thyroid is ready to be primed and it's ready to be functional. Okay. In this situation, but you're taking thyroid medication, which is still suppressing your um, thy native thyroid function a little bit. So what are you trying to do here? You're trying to take away slowly the thyroid medication and see it simultaneously if your body can then start producing the amount that it wasn't able to produce previously. Okay. So you have to kind of do this in a little bit of a measured and safe approach, because if you were to just take that person off thyroid medication, 100%, which is why Dr. Jones did not do this. He knows this. What's going to happen is your body's not going to be able to produce what it used to produce because it's going to take some time to ramp back up. Okay, this happens with testosterone replacement therapy. Um, this is why you give uh, men who take TRT, you give them uh, usually HCG or some components to prevent testicular atrophy. You give them these things to prevent these issues from occurring, but they're still going to invariably occur. So it's a kind of a balancing game. So we're, we're taking our, we're, we're removing the thyroid medication in a slow and measured way to see how much and if the thyroid is able to completely replace those levels that were lost previously. Now, Dr. Jones was saying, you've got to do that the right way. You don't want to pull it off completely. So the best way to do this is you need to do it in what's called a, a tapered approach, or you need to do it in a slow measured approach over a period of time. So generally, and I'm going to, I'm going to write a blog post, by the way, I, I, it's actually on my to-do list. I haven't got to it. So I'll give some more specifics on this, but generally something like, like 20 to 25% reduction in thyroid medication dose every two to four weeks or so you reduce down in sort of a stepwise way. Um, and that can get you completely off thyroid medication while simultaneously giving your brain and body enough time to take over for the amount that it hasn't been able to produce. So that's really how I think about tapering it off. Now, and one other quick thing here too, it's uh, you know, a lot of quick things here, but this is one that's really important as well, is there's a lot of you listening to this who may or may not need to be on thyroid medication, but you won't know because you never tried. Okay. And this is what Dr. Jones was mentioning that we're just not taught this in medical school. When you get put on thyroid medication, it's a for life thing. 
right? And I have tons of people who have had reversals of whatever the underlying cause was, but they just stay on thyroid medication indefinitely because no one ever bothered to look or check. And there's a lot of people that can benefit from, from taking this seriously and trying to get off thyroid medication because you don't want to take it if you don't have to. So that, that's how I'd recommend doing that. That's a good point, man. It's like, I, I've said that before to many of my patients when it's like, if, if I understand there is some dysfunction there and okay, we're going to correct these things. And I want to start this therapy because there's a reduction in your optimal output. This is not a life sentence here. Right. You know, not for, not for you. You know, right. so we want to think about that in, in the, the big picture of things. So now when it comes to, because again, there has been a suppression here and think about some of those side effects that people get from thyroid medication. Yeah. One of the things that I, I deal with a lot with hypothyroidism is the hair loss piece of it. Yeah. It's because, okay, like, you know, that's one of the reasons why many people come in. It's like, hey, I'm losing hair. And then we, you know, go through the symptoms, understand what it is. So now we got a lot of the repair going, uh, whether it be improving their gut health, improving adrenal health, et cetera, et cetera. And now we're trying to recover that because the hair is a big thing, man. You know, I'm very lucky. You're lucky. Got a lot yeah. of hair. A lot of people yeah. don't. It's important to them. And I understand that. Yeah, I respect absolutely. that. So what is a general strategy for recovering some of the hair loss that people experience from hypothyroidism? Yeah. And I would say if you're going to, if you're going to see Dr. Jones or someone like Dr. Jones, it, the, your experience is going to be completely different than the experience you're going to have seeing a family practice doctor or an endocrinologist. I just want to be very clear about that um, because it really sort of depends on what type of doctor you're seeing here. But I want to mention hair loss and, um, as Dr. Jones mentioned, is, is, a, is a serious issue. And I, I know this because I've had a lot of people who, um, you know, especially women, if you lose 25 to 40% of your hair, it's not as thick as it was before, that's a big deal. And so I respect that. Um, I will say that the hair loss component tends to be a little more difficult and a little bit trickier. And I'll explain why in just a second here. Um, and part of that has to do with the fact that there are hair loss and hair growth can be influenced at different levels of thyroid function and your thyroid medication can also influence it. Okay. So basically it can go like this too much thyroid hormone can cause hair loss too little thyroid hormone can cause hair loss. Um, and also, um, the thyroid medication itself can cause hair loss just as a side effect, irrespective of the dose and the nutrient deficiencies that your thyroid causes just by virtue of having low thyroid function in your body can exacerbate hair loss. So we have really four important things that you have to be looking at if you are a patient suffering from hair loss. First of all, look at your dose, make sure you're not taking too much. That's probably not an issue for most of you. I would say that's, you know, minor, that tends to not be something that most people deal with. Um, most people on the other hand are not taking enough med thyroid medications. So they're usually just, they're not replacing enough um, that was lost. So instead of going from the, in my analogy previously, 80% to hundred percent, they went from 80 to 85%, right? There's still that 15% deficit. They haven't replaced it, right? So that's, that's a common cause. The next one is you have to look at the thyroid medication itself. Is it, is it coming from level thyroxine, synthroid, cytomel, et cetera? All of these medications, one of the side effects is hair loss, again, irrespective of dose. So you have to look at that. And sometimes it's as easy as just swapping between thyroid medications and that solves the issue. And then lastly, you need to be looking at nutrient deficiencies. Zinc, um, selenium, uh, ferritin, iron, those kind of things are very important as it relates to hair growth. So you have to be looking at all those. And lastly, remember, autoimmune diseases tend to go together. So um, there are autoimmune conditions, which are immune, your immune dysfunction or your immune system itself if you have something like Hashimoto's thyroiditis causing your low thyroid, you may also then get um, autoimmune aspects of hair loss. So that can be influencing what's happening with your hair as well. So it is complicated, but if you look at those four or five areas, however many I mentioned there, that'll give you the best results. And still sometimes it's very difficult, but you know, I've had a lot of success. I would say probably 70% of people at least using this approach can, can see significant improvements in their hair. So that's, that's how I look at it. Right. Now, something that I actually listened to one of your podcasts and it mentioned, you know, what triggered my thought on this is your thought about where you're uh, mentioning that too much thyroid, too little thyroid. Um, mm -hmm. A couple of the supplements that people take that are great for oh, hair yeah. loss, 
yeah. too much of a good thing, right? Yep, I think absolutely. biotin is a big one. And, and selenium. selenium. Yeah, the yep. other one too, so. yeah I, for, I totally forgot to mention that. You're, yeah, that's actually a really good point. So you can over supplement and cause hair loss. And, and, and it's kind of simple, right? Because if you think to yourself, oh, I know biotin, it's important for, for hair growth, right? You, and you're like, well, if, if you know, 5,000 mics of biotin is good, how about 10 or 15 or 20, right? And if you yeah. overdose on biotin, that can exacerbate hair loss. And another important one is selenium. Now, selenium actually helps prevent thyroid gland inflammation, right? It's, it's, it supports the production of something called glutathione, which cleans up free radicals and reduces damage to the thyroid gland. But if you take doses that are too high, you can get selenotoxicity. You know, usually it doses somewhere between 400 mics to, to 600 micrograms per day. You need to be taking, you know, relatively high doses of selenium can cause hair loss and exacerbate as well. Um, so yeah, it can be confusing and there's a lot of different causes, but you should be aware of all those things. Great. Excellent. Excellent. So well, man, this has been great. Thank you again, Dr. Child. So I hope everyone has is going to take away something great from this and be able to understand their thyroid function, how to recognize it, how to be how to be tested for it, what are the root causes, how to create overarching or complete whole person approach to the treatment plan, what the medications are, you know, how to recover from it. I think this should be a great foundation for anyone that is going into their journey with their physician on how to improve the thyroid function or treat hypothyroidism. That being said, Dr. Childs, I know we mentioned this in the first one, but where can we find you? Yeah, so just uh, search my name, Dr. Weston Childs, or go to restartmed.com and you'll find all the information I have. And as I said previously, I really just wanna produce information that's helpful. Um, so I, that's really my goal, that's what I do. So um, you can find hundreds of blog posts, lots of podcasts, lots of videos, et cetera. So if you like right. this sort of stuff, I think you'll like that. Great, great. And the other thing that you been a little humble about it, but you have a great supplement line. And can we talk about that for a second here? Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot, I forgot to mention that. So I, I uh, sort of have a, a big line of supplements which help specifically uh, target thyroid conditions. So they're created and, and formulated in such a way to target different aspects of thyroid function. I've had a lot of uh, success in helping people with that. Um, I will say, though, you know, when it comes to supplements, remember, supplements are just that they're supplements, right? And so when you think about supplements, they're not they're not cures by themselves, they should be used with diet, lifestyle, stress reduction, all the things we're talking about, even thyroid medication and so on. Um, but they absolutely can be helpful. I, I know Dr. Jones uses them. I, I think you'd be crazy nowadays to not use supplements in addition to everything else, right? I just, I, I can't imagine people that are getting the amount of nutrients they need through diet, even eating organic and whole foods. Like, I, I just think that's very difficult to get the, the proper amount of nutrients that you need, but that's my personal opinion. So, but right. anyway, yeah, you can check those out if you're interested in that. Great, great. Well, hey, man, it's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you for making time for this. I think anyone who's listened to part one and part two is walking away more educated and, and with the wealth of knowledge here today. So that being said, thanks again for those listening. You can find us on everywhere. This will be on YouTube. It'll be on, on iTunes, on Spotify. It'll be everywhere. I'll, I don't know, man, put it on TV. I don't know, everything. It's going everywhere, all the places that it's going. Excellent. But I want to say right. thanks again for this. And any questions, please, repeat, you know, any any questions, any more information, any comments, leave it below and we will make sure we try to answer it in the best manner possible. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching and we'll see you next time.